Thanks for joining us on the From the Frontlines podcast. This is Sam Thomas, the Director of Christian Engagement for Frontline Policy Council. And I'm joined here today with Mike Griffin, who is the Director of the Georgia Baptist Public Affairs Ministry. Mike, thanks for joining us today. Hey, Sam, it's good to be with you today. So Mike is a, a good friend of mine, one of the first people I met when I got involved in uh, Georgia politics, and uh, really excited to have a conversation with Mike today. Uh, Mike, let's start out. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, Georgia Baptists and the Public Affairs Ministry and what you do? Well, uh, the Public Affairs Ministry of the Georgia Baptist Convention actually started with a committee a number of years ago that was created for the purpose of representing uh the positions that Georgia Baptists have on social and moral issues, particularly related to public policy and things like that. And then um, I've been working with Georgia Baptists for nine years. Before that, uh, Ray Newman was uh, headed up public affairs, and he passed away. And then uh, Dr. White was executive director then and brought me on. And uh, so Georgia Baptists have had a... A presence at the Capitol for years uh, I can't tell you how many but goodness I would say 15 plus years or more at the Capitol and the reason that makes that I think so important the Georgia Baptist uh, depending on what year you look at at us there's somewhere around 1.3 uh, million Georgia Baptist uh, which represents you know about 10 percent of the population uh, or close to about 3,400 uh, churches so man when you look at a group that represents uh you know over a million georgians and over three thousand churches that's an opportunity to have an impact right because uh, numbers mean a big thing down at the capitol but anyway we're basically here to represent what georgia baptists believe on on policy public policy we pass resolutions each year on social and moral issues whether it's on gambling or, or marriage or abortion or things like that and when dr white brought me on a number of years ago his point or his philosophy or his position was basically uh, when decisions are being made at the Capitol on public policy, uh, we want Georgia Baptists to have a seat at the table so that Georgia Baptists can be heard on what they believe and what they think. And the reason is public policy eventually comes back and lands at everybody's doorstep and at, and in front of every church eventually. And so it's important that we... Uh, have a voice at the Capitol. Now, I worked with uh, Georgia Right to Life uh, for eight years. So you put them all together, 15 years. But two of those years, I represented both organizations, Georgia Baptist and Georgia Right to Life. And then, of course, pastored in the state here for 35 and a half years. Okay. Uh, What are uh, some examples of some of the major issues that uh, you were working on this session? Well, we looked at this session. Matter of fact, the article that I've got in the Christian uh, Index is entitled uh, Georgia Legislative Session Concludes as One of the Best. And having been down there, again, this being my 15th year, you know, typically we're down there, I call it the, the again it club. You know, right. we're against it. But this year, if I looked at like 18 major legislative subjects, uh, out of those 18, we were in favor of 13 of them. Mm-hmm. And when you look at that, we were able to uh, pass, I believe it was, or to help support. Uh, I, I listed about eight of those major subjects. And uh, we were able to, to pass, I think, seven of those pieces of legislation. Because some, some bills had more than one bill 
that was issue one in the House and one in the Senate. Right. right. Uh, so we were able to get a lot uh, passed. And here's the other thing. So seven out of 13 passed. But I think there were four major pieces of legislation that we opposed, and all of them we were able to stop. Mm-hmm. You know, and so if you're down at the Capitol, and, man, you're looking at passing or stopping, you know, the majority of things that you're for or against, that's pretty good down there. I mean, even on bills, you know, if you can get 75 80% of what you want in a bill, mm-hmm. makes it through the process and goes to the governor's death, man, you're shooting on fireworks at the end because – you know, it's, it's a hard process, and uh, anyway, just being able to support these kinds of pieces of legislation, I'll just mention just very briefly the Maternity Supportive Housing Act, which is called Betsy's Law, which extends the opportunity to be able to have uh, maternity care for mothers over 18, and for 18 months additionally, which, by the way, about 90% of abortions are on women over 18 years of age, so that's a big need to extend that kind of ministry opportunity to 501c3s and churches. Um, You know, we did get an appeals process for school library obscenity. Most people didn't know that school libraries are exempt from the obscenity laws, and because of the education issues, you know, they use them as somewhat of an excuse. But we did get an appeals process uh, by Senator Anavitarte to get that moved on, and so now we're going to have a process where when there is some obscenity, um, they're going to be able to, you know, to go to the principal, go to school board, et cetera, et cetera, and be able to work on that. Uh, the Parents' Bill of Rights was a tremendous piece of legislation. Again, once again, probably 80, 90 percent of it was already being done somewhere in the state, but we got it codified into one code section, making sure that parents have the proper rights to be able to question what the kids are being taught, you know, what's happening, what's going on in the school. Ban on teaching divisive concepts uh, that had to do basically banning critical race theory, which was so important that we make sure that our kids are educated, not indoctrinated. Mm -hmm. And uh, because of the issues, the wokeness that's going on today, uh, it's important that um, we don't take something and make the cure worse than the disease. It's almost a backdoor type of racism where people are locked into this oppressor or oppressive mode the rest of their life. Make sure kids are not being taught that. And Save Girls Sports, which kind of came in the back door in an amendment that took place uh, on that same bill that gave the uh, G, uh, GHSA the opportunity to be able to make sure that their standards on uh, gender uh, regarding sports is, is basically we will protect girls sports and they did come back and they did meet and unanimously passed uh, some policy to make sure that in our schools our public schools that only uh, biological girls are participating in those store sports although we didn't get the actual you know the bill passed we did get some policy enacted here in the state uh, free speech on college campuses, HB1, known as the Forum Act, it got passed, which again, just to ensure the fact that our students have freedom of speech and that people are not stopping them when they bring somebody in that they don't agree with, so that's very important. Mental health legislation, that was a big bill we worked on very closely, uh, Cole and I did and some others. Uh, I really appreciate the leadership 
that uh, Frontline Policy Council gave on that legislation. Georgia Baptist worked with uh, Representative Todd Jones and others on that legislation. We saw it, you know, refined down to something that we really could accept. And, you know, we got, you know, conscience provisions placed in it. Um, and, you know, again, when you get a bill that has 80, 90 percent of what you really wanted to see in there, I mean, that's that's a good piece of legislation. And then just being able to stop, you know, gambling expansion. Right. My goodness, that's been eight or nine straight years that we've been able to stop, you know, casino gambling, sports betting, and horse racing, paramutual wagering uh, is tremendous. And, I mean, you know, literally a friend of mine had been telling me the last two or three years who works at the Capitol, that there's been 60 to 80 lobbyists representing some form of the gambling industry at the Capitol wow. the last few years. And you look at it, it's probably only five of us opposing it or four. Right, yeah. And so, I mean, I think that was just a God thing because uh, even one of the executives of one of the sports teams was basically talking about that, in essence, it didn't make any any logic or reasoning why they couldn't get it passed this year. And I said, well... In my article, I said, well, it was it had to be the convicting power of God and the grace of God that helped us to be able to get that done because there's a lot of money yeah. moving around when it comes to that. And, you know, it's, it's very detrimental. And, again, we worked with y'all along with um, Citizen Impact to put out a one-pager, you know, that uh, Professor uh, John Kent helped us work on to talk about what were those issues regarding you know um, addiction uh, you know what are things dealing with bankruptcies dealing with uh, crime dealing with human you know, trafficking, human trafficking uh, suicides all the things and we took that and we boiled it down to what it would look like in a Georgia model if it happened here mm-hmm. and I think that was very very helpful yeah well it's um you know, you, you may notice for our listeners that uh, pretty much everything that Mike mentioned there is stuff that um, were frontline priorities as well. And uh, I, I think it's fair to say we probably are working together on about 95, maybe if not 100% of Absolutely. what we're doing down there. Well, again, you know, I, I, I've said, you know, it, you have to crack a lot of eggs and make a good omelet. And yeah. uh, it takes a lot of folks working together to get this thing done. And, and I have. I've realized this over the last 15 years, particularly the last five or six years. Um, there's just no way that I can be everything on every bill on every issue. Working with people like you and working with Cole and others, uh, Paul Smith, uh, Matt Parnell, I believe it is now with uh, Faith and Freedom. Um, just a number of organizations that we've worked with at the Capitol and legislators, uh, building good relationships and, you know, building relationships, we don't care whether you're an R or D. We just want to work with you. Well, the uh, the last two bills you mentioned there, or the last two issues, mental health and, and gambling, both are interesting to me because we had, uh, one, they're, they're polarizing issues. But you see with gambling, when uh, when there's a, a push down there for, for bad legislation, uh, you have to beat it every year, right? It keeps yeah. coming back and keeps coming back. And... and just beating a bill is is a short-term victory and hopefully you know we've seen yeah over the long term we've sustained that with gambling but i think that's a a good lesson on that mental health bill when we first saw it there were some things in that bill that were not great right right and i think uh, there were in 
And there were things that were exaggerated. Right. You know, that but, were not uh, in the bill, but still, it needed work. Right, but I think that's a good example of uh, if you want to just say a bill is bad and oppose it, it's going to come back even if you beat it. Right. But if you can amend a bill, work with the author on it, like like we did with the, the mental health bill, and you come up with something that is good, you've effectively beaten the bad parts of that bill. Well, there's Definitely. some things at the Capitol, it's like stopping a freight train. Right. You can lay down in front of it, and all it's going to do is run over you. Right. But if you can get up in the cab and talk to the guy that's, you know, controlling it. Right. Point it in a little <laughs> bit different be, direction. He might decide to take the next right or left right. going down there. And um, on some pieces of legislation that has such a tremendous, um, you know, movement behind it, uh, you may have to get in there and say, well, you know, it may not be everything we want, but we can make it the best bill that we can. Right. And I, I think the mental health bill was even far beyond that even, the, the, the right. eventual, uh, the final conclusion of that bill was. But, you know, Representative Todd Jones, when he spoke at our, um, we had we had a, a gambling press conference that, of course, we were not for the gambling. Right. And uh, Todd spoke at that, and he talked about the fact that, um, if you talk about how intellectually dishonest it is to talk about the benefits of gambling without at the same time talking about the detriments of gambling, particularly the mental issues, right. and here he is a co-author on the mental health bill. Mm-hmm. So do we really want to increase the burden on the mental health industry by legalizing more uh, predatory gambling in our right. state? And the answer to that is no. Right, and that's uh, I think that word predatory is, is an excellent word because it's – it is a predatory business model. They're uh, they're they're selling you something that yeah, they're probably not going to deliver on. And it's state sponsored gambling. Yeah. I mean, it's the states involved in it too, right? <laughs> well, and I, I think you know I hear from some of our libertarian leaning friends that the state shouldn't shouldn't tell you not to gamble. And even if you take that stance, I've never seen a bill down there that was libertarian in nature. It's always we get to pick one winner, and uh, that one winner gets to have a casino. And, Nobody else does. Uh, That's right. You know. And people are going to make money. Yep. But it's the people that are running the industry, you know, that that, that are behind the industry are going to make the real money because we've we've shown in studies that for every dollar they raise in tax revenue, it costs another three dollars in social expense mm-hmm. because of that industry being expanded. And of course, people say, "Well, they're already gambling. They're already doing it." You know, and my first answer is only the Lord knows what people are doing that we definitely don't want to legalize it. Right. But I said it's also like if you got cancer on one side of the body, do you want it on the other side too? Mm-hmm. No. Well, if you can't stop it all, would you want to stop some of it or most of it? Would you like to keep it restricted to one area? And, yeah, we've got problems with gambling. Yeah, we've got problems with sports betting. But had you rather pour gasoline on it or fire on I mean uh, or water right. I'd rather put water not gasoline on a fire and let's minimize let's keep it as minimum as, as possible right absolutely and I think that's a, a good example too of how important it is to have uh, numerous folks down there fighting for these issues because uh, you know so I think sometimes people get it in their head that you only, you only really need one person down there well if you, you only had one person down there fighting for what you believe in you're you're right. going to lose every session. Um, it's true. And I think that's one of the things that was unique about this session is it, it really, I think we had more folks down there than than we really have in the past. Right. Um, and I think that was key in, in the great session that we had. That's so. right. Well, Mike, thanks for joining us again on the podcast. For our viewers, make sure you tune in for the third episode that we record with Mike, which will be coming up 
about how the church should engage in the political process. Thanks so much. Have a great day.